Have you ever handed over your power to someone or something? Were you entrained to avoid responsibility for your life and then blame others when things didn't work out? Special guest Sue Cotter sat down with Crystal Crawford and me, Marnie Richmond, to talk about the freedom and joy that are available when you choose what works for you. Own each of those choices without judgment and allow the whispers of consciousness to flow through it all. Welcome to this episode of the Cult Conversations from Blame to Power, an Irish Catholic Story of Change. Welcome to another episode of the Cult Conversations. Yes. Yeah, I'm one of your hosts, Marnie Richmond, and your other heretic host is Crystal Crawford, and she's... She's here with me, and Sue Cotter is our special guest today. Hi, Sue. Sue. Hello. I have to say I'm very excited. I'm always excited to talk to Sue because she's, as you will see, just a very delightful, fun, inspirational, amazing person. So very, very happy to have her here today. And Sue, there's so many things we could talk about. We've known each other for a while. We could talk about being a savior. We could talk about I'm the slavier. (laughs) Totally. Let's let's start with your background uh, growing up Catholic, Irish Catholic. So tell us about that. So, hey, everybody, and thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you because I'm just so excited that what you're creating in the world, I'm so excited to be here. Um, So I grew up, was born in Cork in Ireland, and I came in as number seven. So I was the seventh child. Um, born into a family with my mother, my father, uh, five sisters and one brother. Um, really just dropped into a family of, you know, where Catholic was a big thing in our house. Prayer was a big thing in our house. Um, and I grew up in that environment where everything was really about like our Lord, Jesus, you know, and hand everything over to the church no matter what was going on it was handed over handed over to the church um and yeah I suppose for me um as a kid I learned that and what I noticed was that a lot of the things that I was aware of myself I actually started to just not choose it but hand it over like it was like things that I was aware of that I could have chosen or that I knew maybe a way out or a solution. It was like, don't even go to that length, just hand it over. Right. So our home was very much lots of statues, lots of pictures. We prayed to St. Jude. We prayed to St. Anthony. Um, we had statues in our garden. And there was also something really beautiful about that for me as well. Um. Do you want me to continue? Will I just yeah, go? Yeah. <laughs> well, and since we're in a little mini like interrupt, can you tell me more about what do you mean by handed over? What was that? So my, like if anything ever showed up in the house, which I grew up in a house where my father was an alcoholic. Um, there was a lot of trauma, a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing. And there I was aware that there was like choices to be made. There could there could have been choices made, but a lot of the time when we say hand it over, my mother would say hand it over to our Lord. So no matter what showed up, it was like hand it over and you know, God will sort it out. Dad you comes know? home drunk, gets crazy. Did he get like was he what kind of an alcoholic was he? 
so he was um he was a singer and he he was an amazing singer and a performer um he when he would go he would be gone he would just leave for like it could go on for weeks it could go on for months then he would get clean and sober he would go to meetings and then everything would be okay again but there was always like this energy in the house of waiting for the eruption but even that I really got there would have been that cue you know that it was going to erupt but instead of actually choosing something and having awareness with it it was like let's just pray and hand it over so there was like a dismissal and you know this energy of where we couldn't handle it you know we actually couldn't choose something without like you know handing it over and if you hand it over then it's in someone else's hands and yeah the, that's an interesting there's sort of an avoidance there too or like a, I don't want to look at it so we'll just hand it over so that yeah, yeah. that's totally. interesting totally yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask was what did you ever get to the point of recognizing that that was an avoidance of dealing with what was going on was there a point where that occurred to you that wow this isn't actually working <laughs> uh like just now <laughs> I just got it now <laughs> I actually am saying wow. <laughs> I just got it and I actually now can see where there's like certain areas in my life where sometimes I will just hand it over because you know we had this like um you know saying in the house you know my mother would say you know like I trust in thee and it was constantly saying you know that over and over again and you know it was like not to trust you but to trust in thee which really never included you have you noticed as you know you've been doing playing with access consciousness for how long now 12 years yeah long so mm. have you noticed like a difference in the quality of your life really in trusting you versus trusting the like could you articulate what that difference has been for you yeah thank you um so for me like a lot of the time I still had that going on where then when I went to access I began to trust in Gary and Dane right and it was just about handing it over to them and it's only really I would say probably in the last three years and it has been uncomfortable for me through those last three years but it was about me getting to know me more and it was about me getting to know that I had awareness I like had power you know I could choose and that has been an ongoing choice for me and an ongoing practice really in every moment even when it comes to food even when it comes to relationships comes to business there was an energy of and we were also grew up in a home where it was like we were like the Irish so we were very lucky so there was also a dismissal of our power to create so it was like we got this because we were lucky you know lucky escape lucky that we got some money to get food lucky it was never about the acknowledgement of the creation and the creators that we were and I suppose for the last yeah go ahead well I was just gonna say that you're illustrating very beautifully what happens in so many families our cultures our religions cultivate us to give it over hand it over like you said hand our knowing our awareness our choosing for ourselves to someone else and it starts 
for most of us in our families. And then until we come face to face with it and really start to look at it, as you said, we will continue to find the next authority to hand it over to. If we lose our religion, if we stop making it be whatever our parents said, well, then we look for someone else because there's not a sense of self and a sense of I'm actually the creator. So thank you for highlighting all of that with your life because it's really relevant to the entire world. <laughs> and yeah. one of the things that Crystal and I are target with this podcast is to cultivate a culture of leaders. And culting current- and more culting. <laughs> And more culting and culting, but culting leaders. <laughs> and you go, well, if everybody's going to be a follower, and that's the point. Leading is not about having followers. It's about being the leader of your own life. So thank you, Sue, for everything you've said so far with, with that. And can I ask, when you said you came to Access and then you made Gary and Dane the hand it over. So it was what they said, what they knew. What unraveled that for you to actually get to recognizing they could be a gift and a contribution, but you were the chooser for you? You know, for me, it was like every time that I went to a class, every time I listened to a call, every time that I listened to a class that I had been at, I I recognized that over and over again, Gary would say or Dane would say, choice, you have choice. And they would repeat it over and over again. But I did not know that, number one, I was choosing. And I did not know. I actually had something in my world where I was like, I don't even know how to choose. What do I choose? Where do I go? And I had cut off so much of that. And then as I started to have body work done, have the process done, and also my children. My children, when they came in and they were like asking me what to do, there was something in my world that I really desired to create something with them that they would know. And I began to practice with them. But then I started to actually notice in my world that it was showing up for me. So when they would say, mom, what do you think we should do? I would say, what do you get to do? What what do you know? And then as I was asking them that question, they began to ask me that question about stuff in my life. And I was like, oh, my God, this is actually, you know, showing up for me right now. So it was a whole combination of really just showing up, showing up in my life. And when it got really uncomfortable, I began. And actually, that's what it was. When it got really uncomfortable, I began to know, Sue, you have choice here. You can make a choice right now to look at a flower. You can make a choice right now to take a walk or to actually choose not to choose anything right now. And that was like really the, I suppose, the beginning of me getting to know that I had choice and really just reminding myself that, you know, if I'm standing, you know, if I'm standing like in front of a tree and I want to get over the other side, I had this thing in my world where it was like, oh, my God, I have to suffer. I have to go through it. And I was like, no, what about you go around it? What about you go this way? I knew I began to know that I had choice in just even in very small things, choice in supermarkets. I didn't always have to buy, you know, the certain type of yogurt. I could buy them all. And And it was just. mm -hmm. 
And there's also an element to what you're speaking of, Sue, that requires one to take responsibility for their life instead of looking for somebody or something to blame. And it's a very interesting thing we do, I think, with God. You know, it's when we when we abdicate our responsibility because God's just in charge, we might not like what he or she is delivering to us, but we don't have to take responsibility. It's not our fault or the devil made me do it. It's not my fault. So even the choosing at the supermarket is I'm going to take the responsibility for the choice that I made. And if I spent too much money on groceries and then I threw half the shit away, then that was my choice. And I'm responsible for that choice, not from being wrong, but, oh, hmm, what do I know now that I didn't know before? But all of that to say responsibility. And was there anything for you with that of letting go of having any kind of scapegoat that you could put blame onto for your life? Uh, probably one of the biggest things was when I had been in my marriage for, uh, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years. And there was, there, it wasn't working. It wasn't working for me. And I, I got to see where I chose something to get away. I chose something to go away. So I actually chose to be with somebody else while I was still married. Right. And that was, there was an energy of that. Heretic. The heretic, right? I'm such a heretic, <laughs> such a bad girl. Bad and girl. I, and yeah. And also like how against the religion that I grew up yeah. in was like, that was so against the grain for me. Right. And I chose it. And that was, that was the turning point for me to, it probably took me like a few years to actually really, I suppose, really unravel the choices that I made and to get to see the choices that I made, that I actually chose that. It had been for a while blaming this person, blaming my ex-husband, you know, blaming the environment I was in, blaming how I grew up, blaming abuse. And then it was like one day it was like, you know what? It would be so much easier if I could just see that I chose it, if I could just be with that. I made that choice. And when I began to recognize it through having a conversation with a friend of mine, they actually laughed and said, but you chose all of that. Why don't you actually like really just own it, own it that you chose it. And the moment that I did, it was like cement blocks blew completely off my body from my world. There was a space, there was a freedom. And I began to recognize that, yeah, I do have choice. And it's my choice is what creates my reality. And, and it was just wonderful. That's amazing. I, you know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm currently in this moment living in Colombia, which is a predominantly Catholic country. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've seen that I never expected to see was people's fear of choosing because they weren't sure who to base their choice on. Do I base it like, what is, is it, is it going to be right? Or is it going to be wrong? But really dynamically, like, like, I don't know if, if God wants me to, do you want me to, am I choosing for my family against my family? And so this paralyzation and unwillingness to take any responsibility for the effects of their choice. So I'm seeing it culturally, just like ingrained into the fabric of how things function here. Um, you know, was there a, uh, I love what you said that when you did finally just go, I chose this, everything like got easier. 
before that moment, was there this, like, what did you think was going to happen if you took responsibility for that unconsciously? Like, was there, what was going on for you? Well, before I recognized that I actually chose it, I mean, it was, it was just like swimming in a cesspool for me. I mean, it was constant guilt, shame, regret, constant. I mean, every time I looked at my kids, I cried like every time. And I was actually enjoying my life as well, but whilst also having this guilt, this shame. And, you know, I had like grown up with my sisters and my brother being really close with them and they didn't know what to do with it. So our relationships really changed. I mean, it it went from being really, really close to like this separation. And I had a huge amount of defense in my world as well, because somewhere I I knew it was the correct choice for me, right? I knew me leaving the marriage was the correct choice. And also, but how it played out and how it was done all of that stuff didn't match who I was. It just didn't match. Um, and the more that time went on, I actually ended up like, I like got pleurisy, almost pneumonia. I was really sick. I mean, I was like, and I was still carrying on. I was still facilitating classes, working, going through this, right? And, but there was that point where, I really get it was like my body was like enough enough this has to change and I really just chose to and it's not even it wasn't even a handover but I was willing to open the doors to receiving consciousness no matter how much because I was like it can't get any worse than this it really can't so maybe it gets better and it did so I allowed myself to actually receive that this was my choice and I made this choice and that sense of responsibility and ownership for the choice that I made, it went from me being like a two and it just zoomed to like a 10, you know, in my life of acknowledging, well, now I know I have choice. I can now choose something else. Um, probably one of the first things that I did was I actually called my ex-husband and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry for what I chose. I know I hurt you. It was a really uncomfortable time for all of us. And he just said, that's okay. And that was for me, it was so beautiful, you know, and for him too. I saw where it blew off in his world as well and my children. Because, you know, not willing to acknowledge your choice and not willing to acknowledge that you did choose it, that I did choose it. There was like, it was a lie. And I was lying to me. I was lying to my kids, lying to everybody around me. I was living a lie. So until I recognized that I chose it and that that was a choice from me, I chose it and I became responsible. I mean, it was just wonderful what occurred after that. How has that shown up in your life since that moment, that awareness and almost the joy of responsibility? I actually love it. And I'm truly I do, because now it's like sometimes I really laugh at myself because I'll choose something. And, you know, this thing of where like, you know, when I when I hear people say the word this happened to me or this happened in my life, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, so, you know, this didn't happen. You know, somewhere you chose it. 
And that gets me to step into seeking. It gets me to step into that wonder, that curiosity, which I love. I thrive on that. The seeking, wonder and curiosity rather than the fixing or trying to go back, trying to go back and, you know, like, oh, what can I say now that, you know, just like skim this over and everything will be OK again. But it's actually, you know, that that wonder and curiosity of, wow, if I chose that, I wonder what else I could choose. Can I ask, so from going from the good Catholic girl who was guilty, <laughs> guilty, guilty, because guilt from families onward is a brilliant control system. I mean, how much do we start to choose what we'd actually like? And then the guilt either from the parents or from the church or we've internalized it and we have our own built-in control system of guilt that puts us back in the corner. So how did you go from that running in your life to this joy? I love what you said, Crystal, the joy of responsibility, the joy, and that was my choice. And look at what, well, that was a disaster, but that's kind of funny. I can laugh. What, and I'm sure that you have moments, we all have moments. Guilt's a sneaky little fucker that comes in sometimes, but what made the shift for you? I get for me, um, there was many choices that I made. Um, I began to actually commit to consciousness. I really did. I just chose it. I was like, right, you know what? I'm going to give this one a shot and see how this goes. And I began to commit to consciousness and I started to allow like certain, you know, conversations or certain pieces that I would hear that would ping me, you know, and then I started to really just allow, I allowed joy. I actually allowed joy into my world. I, I allowed to have, you know, the joy of choosing everything as not good or bad. I just allowed it to be a choice. Um, and I really get as well with the guilt thing and the good thing. I, I really discovered how much that being good being a good girl took a lot of energy for me to do, took a lot of me cutting off who I truly was to be the good girl. And it took a lot of work to be that image to people, to the world. And when I, I chose to really recognize that I couldn't do it anymore, I mean, literally, I woke up one morning with a wart on my face and I was like, oh my God, you actually have a wart on your face. It's like right in your face. And they were all... I no longer avoid looking at because it's right there. Even a pimple that can go away with the mouth. It's a wart. Yeah, totally. It was really right there in my face. And every time I looked, you know, I was like, wow. And I began to question. I began to step into question. I began to step into question of everything. Um, you know, with everything that I was choosing, I was like, okay, so what's going to create greater here? And I hadn't, you know, I really had to let go of a lot of control too. I mean, really, because I was like trying to control everything because you require a ton of control to keep an image going. You really do. And it really, and like, you can't sustain it. I've tried. It doesn't work. Me too. Um, really and truly, it doesn't. Like it's actually I'm tired exhausting. Just thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. it's awesome. yeah. yeah. 
So exactly. it was really once I started to leave the control go and the willingness to actually show up without the image, to show up as who I am, looking like a shit show, you know, really just like showing up no matter what. And as I began to choose it, and it was a step by step, you know, it was really a step by step because I didn't just wake up one morning and go, OK, I'm out. You know, it was like a step by step process. And there was times that it was like really like like sweating, excruciating for me. But I I went through it and I chose it because I noticed in my body that my body was becoming softer. It was becoming softer. I was head to toe in I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in my 20s. I was head to toe in pain, like my back, everything. And as I began to allow myself to show up as who I was, um, the pain started to leave. And I was like, okay, there's something here. This is exciting. Can you tell me a little bit about what you mean by committing to consciousness? Because I I don't get that you necessarily mean committing to access consciousness. What do you mean by committing to consciousness? So for me, I know there's something, right? I know there's something. There's something beyond people. There's something that we have the spirit world, you know, and I grew up in a house where the spirit world was always talked about. I mean, it was never a conversation that was like hidden. I mean, we talked about like banshees. We heard them. We talked about everything. Right. My mother was like, oh, my mother appeared to me last night. And I was like, great. Right. So we would talk (laughs) about stuff like that. It was always that way. And it was actually beautiful to have that. And we always told stories. My mother would have always, you know, loads of stories about stuff. and. You know, there was, what was your question? Well, talking about what committing to consciousness means to you. Well, that as well, being willing to just allow everything to be in my world, everything to be there without, you know, like it, it was effortless. It was just like, I'm opening the doors. I'm opening the doors to whatever that energy that I know is here, whatever that is that I know is here. I'm allowing it in. I'm allowing is, it in. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. How is that different for you from handing it over? Oh, it's totally empowerment because it includes me. It, it includes me. I mean, I'm, I'm that, that to me is oneness. And not just like keeping it at that. It's not like this is oneness. No, there's so much more, right? But it also, it, it, it included me and I felt included in that. Because I welcomed it into my world. I welcomed it into my body, into my family. And I was like, okay, so let's open the doors. Let's let's have this in there, whatever it is. And, you know, growing up, yeah, I, I never really had a, a definition of what that was. I never had a definition of, you know, when people would talk about Jesus, I would look at a statue. But I, I knew something way more beyond that. I knew something with the spirit world. I knew something with, you know, um, Our Lady. I just knew it. I remember my mother saying to me when we were younger, I love to whistle. Like I whistled all the time. And my mother was like, Our Lady hangs her head in shame when girls whistle. Wow. And for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I would take myself off to rooms and places and I would just whistle my heart out. Yeah. Yeah. So I never bought it. I never bought it. I don't think she even bought it. What I what I hear you saying with in response to Crystal's question is 
when you committed to consciousness, you stopped putting something outside of you. You knew that you were it too. And it is the the ocean and the drop in the ocean. Is that totally correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that thing of that, it includes you. I, I looked as you were talking about all the energy that it takes to be exclusive. Like I am exclusively in this organization. I am exclusively this image. I am exclusively a good girl. And how much that excludes so many other things about us that because all of us are good and bad and ugly all organizations are good and bad and ugly like it's just we're all people bashing around out there choosing various degrees of consciousness unconsciousness anti-consciousness all kinds of stuff and the inclusion that consciousness is from my point of view is has been it's exactly what you said it's like allowing it in has been the most transformative element totally and has nothing to do with an organization nothing and you know what has been the most beautiful part of that as well um when I began to facilitate classes I thought you know okay there's a way that I should do this so I would try and copy everybody right because I did not know how to choose I did not know what to do right I was like okay I must be like this person this person And I chose a class um, last year and it was a call and I hopped on this call. I can never remember the the name of the call, but it was with Gary Douglas. And I, I said something about hearing the whispers. And then he came back and said something uh, to the, the energy of trusting the whispers and not looking to get it right or wrong. And that time I chose to trust the whispers, the whispers of consciousness. And once I chose it, there was no going back. There was no going back for me. I tried. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And what I see now is that every time I'm about to facilitate a class, every time I'm about to facilitate a call, even when I'm speaking to people, I ask for consciousness to flood my world, my throat, my voice, everything, just to, you know, because sometimes I listen back to my calls. I listen back to my yesterday's call and I was like, who is that girl? It's like, wow. And I, I know when I listened back yesterday, I was like, wow. Sue, you're really allowing consciousness in more. And that for me is another choice that I made and I recognized. And that really brings joy to my world. Really does. Well, I'm just going to sit here and cry. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Sue. Yeah. I guess if if there's anyone, you know, Sue, listening to this that maybe had a similar upbringing or, you know, is navigating this new world of choice, having spent most of their life giving over, handing it over, you know, is there anything that you'd like to say to them? recognize that you're different recognize you're different acknowledge that you are like nobody else and get to know you get to know you get to know your quirks get to know your body get to know what it is I mean I even discovered like stuff that I was eating for years because we grew up in a house where there was one dinner so everybody ate the same dinner 
and we'd pass food around because I didn't like turnip and somebody else didn't like this so we'd pass it around but get to know you and get to know what you like and when you when you have some sort of information about who you are and it's an ongoing discovery because new things will show up um I just get for me that I have a sense of who I am when I walk into a room I have a sense of who I am you know when I'm hanging out with people when I'm at the beach you know I'm more like animal you know I'm more like my dog I'm more like you know the the sea than I am an actual people and that's something that I've gotten to know. So I developed a huge allowance for myself from there, from getting to know who I am. So I, I would empower and encourage anybody, go choose whatever works for you in whatever way that is when you, you know, if it means you get to know you more. Because there's no one way, right? Yeah, beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Marnie, Sue, just thank you for being on the planet. Thank you for these choices that you're making. Thank you for the world you're creating from your choices and feel super lucky to be here now. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Thank you, Marnie. We'll thank chat you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.